One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The human zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attention, I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. As Christmas rolls ever closer, our thoughts are turning to where we're all going to be by the time Parliament goes home for the holidays. Jose Mourinho uh, is not going to be sitting in his office at Manchester United. He's just been fired. But he could get somewhere between 12 million and 18 million just for walking away. And of course, the newspapers haven't exactly got this one right. Many of them predicting this morning uh, that he wasn't going anywhere. Guess what, though? It looks like yesterday's prediction that nothing will happen before January down in Parliament looks more true than ever. Last night, Jeremy Corbyn insisted on having a symbolic vote of confidence in the Prime Minister. It means nothing, it will achieve nothing, and it is unlikely to change anything, even if it happens. Welcome to Stalemate Britain. How on earth does Jose Mourinho get the sack when Theresa May is still in a job, for heaven's sake? 0344 499 1000. We're joined by a whole host of guests this morning, including uh, the fabulous Mr Alan Brazil from TalkSports, Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast. He's going to tell us what he makes of what's going on up at Old Trafford and the football business uh, and who's going to be next for the Manchester United job coming up a little bit later on we'll also talk about food waste because apparently businesses are being told that they're going to have to recycle everything including what they package their stuff up in uh, there's a new disposable strategy going on to combat climate change and to safeguard resources really well what about the urban foxes what about all the rats that are going to be running up and down the street eating the food that you're chucking out and leaving in a bin for days on end 0344 499 1000 you're listening to me Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, I have to say there was a ripple of uh, shock going around the office here at Talk Towers this morning. Just before this show began, uh, Jose Mourinho sacked with immediate effect by the uh, uh, owners at Manchester United, one of the biggest football clubs in the world. Uh, he's been there uh, under a bit of a cloud for the last few months. He hasn't been performing. The team haven't been performing. Alan Brazil joins me now uh, very kindly after finishing his long shift on Talk Sport. Al, very good morning to you. Uh, Mike, you're welcome. Just as we were about to finish, uh, yeah. Ben ran in and said, Jose's gone, he's been sacked. I'll just pick up one of the papers, mm. the Mirror this morning. Josie's a big-name manager playing small-town football, but with no obvious replacement, the Reds' board are unlikely to wield the axe. Sky well, themselves, mm. 10 minutes ago, said it's unlikely. Sky sources tell us Josie's going nowhere. Yeah. So this was, it was a surprise, yeah. but when you think about it, it's not really because United have been playing so average of right. late. 
It's been bad. It's but been it's really been bad. a massive failing for them, hasn't it been? I mean, I could never understand why the Manchester United board let Sir Alex Ferguson leave at the same time as the chief executive, Mr Gill. Yes. Um, and the whole place seemed to just fall apart. I mean, since then, uh, we've had, you know, Louis van Gaal, who came into a David rather Moyes. poor David Moyes, who, who didn't actually, in the, on the face of things, do as badly as everyone yeah. thought. Uh, but what are they going to do now? They're in the middle of the season, well, uh, mate, still in Europe. Mate, they need to clear out. Now, this morning, one of the big stories we're dealing with on Talk Sport was... Yeah. Pogba Italian newspapers are reporting of sources in Italy yeah. that Juventus are coming in on January for Pogba. Oh, yeah. He wants to go. They want mm. him. What happens now? Who takes over? Well, that's the other thing that's interesting me about the football business now, because Pogba's agent has been quite chippy on the side, hasn't he? He's been na- sort of nipping away at Jose Mourinho, nipping away at Manchester United. Clearly, there's been a falling out between Pogba and Mourinho yep. somewhere along the line. And somehow, uh, is it possible that this, this agent has kind of forced the hand of Manchester United to get Mourinho out? Well, there's no doubt about it. Mendes and Riola are the two big boys, mm. and they do control world football. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. They have all the big stars and the big managers. Mm. So Josie would have known this is coming. Look, he stayed up there in a hotel. Was he settled? He didn't look happy. He lost no. that spark. He never looked happy, did he? I'm a Reno fan. I like Josie. I went over to Cobham, and I spent a good hour with him, and he was he was lovely, mm. right? And I, and I like him, and he, and his record of winning things is sensational. But this was a little bit different, mm. Mike. His body language told me it was different. The players going out there. Now, I've never seen a Manchester United team go to uh, go to Anfield yeah. and sort of not stroll about, but no fight, Just, they didn't no have any will, fight, no. no confidence. No. And I thought, this can't be. This is not mm. right. So whoever takes over, our caretaker, has got one hell of a job yeah. here. Because he's going to have to galvanise not just Lukaku and mm. Pogba, he's going to have to galvanise almost every player apart from the goalkeeper. The fans They're probably, all underachieving. Yeah, the fans will probably be happy. I mean, I've been noticing over the past, say, couple of months, yep. two, three months ago, people were saying, give him his time, he's Jose Mourinho, let him let him have, yeah, his, yeah. have his head and see how he does. But more and more now I've been seeing fans who, who are just saying, just let him go, it's just yeah. not working. Well, it's, it, it's not working. Uh, but I've I've always said I think it's partly the players mm. and partly Josie. He's not getting the best out of them. But these guys are different now, Mike. I'm not saying in my day or you know even 15 years ago. Yeah. These guys are superstars yeah. now, and I honestly think to myself, do they really care when they get beat? Mm. Do they really care at the end of the month when they played six games and won two, drawn two and lost two? Do they care? And they've got um, another half a million or maybe two million in the bank. Football has changed, Mike. And I'm I'm not you know I'm not digging out every player. It's just a change in yeah. football overall. Mm. And 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 this is on the morning or when we hear that they play you know they've got a big big game. PSG, uh, yeah. Paris Saint Germain, which yeah. is difficult. Yeah. But they're all difficult games at this stage. So whoever takes over, whether it be a permanent, they're talking about forty million yeah. for Pochettino. Has he suddenly said, "I'll come in January"? I mean, this is what I'm going to say. I mean, could it be that they haven't got a manager to come in? Would they sack somebody without having somebody to stroll into the job? Well, they might do yeah. because maybe Joe's maybe they've wanted Joe. Josie to do a couple of things, play him, play that. Pogba stays. He yeah. said, "I'm not having it. I'm leaving." Yeah. So that may, you know, it might have been a two-way decision. What here. about the Zinedine Zidane well, scenario? Because he's not in a job at the moment. No, is he? and they, they tell me he's learning English, but that could mean anything. You know, that could mean anything. Well, some if of us comes, are still learning English. But if he worry comes, too much about well, that. Mr. Party, how yeah, is well, exactly. But if, if Zidane comes, Mike, yeah. You know, he's got a hell of a job to do as yeah. well. They may say with Marshall, with Pogba, the French mm. side of it, he'll get them going, but. 
honestly, it's not about a couple of players for United. No. I would say it's nine or ten players. Yeah. As long as you say, you want to clear out the whole the whole yes. shebang. Do you, do you think he'll go back to Real Madrid? Because that's the other story that we've he been hearing do, recently. Josie, or he could do, Maybe it's time for Josie to have a break. He'll probably head to Dubai. Yeah. Have a little break. Um, look, he's a very wealthy man anyway, mm. regardless of what Manchester United pay him. Well, he's getting somewhere between <coughs> 12 and 18 million. Josie's he's minted. He's yeah. got loads of dough. Yeah. Is it time now for an international job? Take mm. it a little bit easier. Maybe yeah. Portugal... Somewhere like that, uh-huh. or um, you know, I don't know. But you know what these guys are like. I mean, they love the game, they love the business, yep. they love the cut and thrust of it all. He loves nothing better. I mean, his favourite probably his moment of this year was when he cupped his ear there at Juventus. Yeah. You know, because he what got result? a result. I didn't does see he that got coming. Because he got a great result there. But he loves all that. I can't see him yeah. walking away in a way to just kind of you know look well, after his allotment. He was at Inter, allotment. wasn't he? He'd done very yeah. well. So, look, he's done everywhere where he's been. He's done well, apart from Manchester United. Yeah. So, um, look, I wish him well. Yeah. I really do. I think, you know, his record, you cannot be lucky and have a record like that. But the game has changed. Yeah. And maybe he just couldn't get the best out of an average yes. bunch. And just away from the football for a minute. I mean, I've been fired loads of times in my life. Sadly, never with this kind of level of money. Yeah. Um, but everybody, I want to ask the people out there to call us. 0344 because you'll have been sacked from jobs before. I want to hear the stories. You've had a few uh, encounters with, uh, with the management. Them. You're sacked a few times from the same place. Oh, yeah. Which is fantastic. I mean, it's <laughs> one of the great records of talk sport, is it not? But, I mean, hopefully that's not going to happen again. Um, we we never know though. We're all I no. mean we're all in this very very kind of precarious. But what you world, have to do we? is if it happens, you roll your sleeves up. Yeah, and you be positive. Listen, I'm every get, time I'm going to get a better job. Every time I've been sacked, it's always ended up being better for me. Yeah, you know? so you know people, you've got to have that drive. Yeah, you've got to have confidence, and that's what's lacking in United yes. squad: the drive and confidence. Yeah. And they so need to whoever get that goes back. in has got a big job to do, mm, Mike. Absolutely. Alan, thank you very much. Pleasure. Indeed. I will see you tomorrow morning, uh, by which time we might have a new manager at Manchester United. Look Fantastic times. Alan Brazil uh, from the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast. He's back at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning on TalkSport. Of course, uh, they're going to be talking about this all day today. Uh, we're not going to be talking about the football side of it, but we are going to be talking about the sacking side of it because Jose Mourinho is a figure uh, of international renown. He's not just a football manager. He's a style icon. He's the sort of guy uh, that a lot of other men would like to be. He's the sort of guy that a lot of women uh, would like to be married to. He's the sort of guy uh, that you would love to go out for dinner with, quite frankly. Whether he gets another job or not, uh, as Alan Brazil just said, he's terribly well off. He is not in any way in need of any sort of money. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So we've got this disposable strategy by the government. Unfortunately, uh, I'd like to be able to tell you that the government has become disposable, but so far they are still there. Incredibly, Theresa May still has a job and Jose Mourinho doesn't. Uh, when you can figure that one out, uh, you can let me know. 0344 499 1000. We're going to talk now, though, to Anthony Day, a presenter of the Sustainable Futures Report podcast, uh, a man that knows plenty about recycling and whether it's working in this country. But I want to take your calls on it as well, please. And many of you have already been tweeting me, telling me uh, that you've already got food waste recycling and it works pretty well however i just have worries about exactly how uh, it's going to work in certain places uh, where the recycling is already not particularly good anthony a very good morning to you welcome morning mike how uh, are you doing yeah very well thanks very much for uh, for talking to us i mean oh, yeah? this is quite a big project we're being told that this government's sort of sustainability plan is the first big one for about 11 years is that right Yes, I think so. Uh, and not before time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Mm. But, of course, it's not going to happen uh, until um, 2023 because right. now they're setting out the plans. It's going to take them five years to put them into action. Well, there's a sort of consultation period for some of it. Why does yeah. everything take so long in this country? Well, I mean, you've got to realise if you're going to give um, hundreds of thousands or even millions of people boxes to collect their uh, food waste... Yeah. Somebody's got to manufacture the boxes. Somebody's got to distribute them. There's got to be vehicles to pick them up in. There's got to be somewhere to take them to, and, and there's got to be a processing plant. So all that's got to be planned, designed, and built before we can actually do it. Yes, no, indeed. And I think everybody understands that recycling is an important part of our sort of daily and weekly lives. But it seems so kind of haphazard all over the country. You know, depending on which part of the, the country you're in, um, things are collected differently. Things are recycled differently. You know, for example, in in London where I live, I've got um, a massive big recycling sort of bin which everything goes in right that's in outside because it's a sort of block of flats shared by a bunch of people mm -hmm. and where i live in sussex uh you recycle certain things in a pink bag which has to go out every second thursday to be picked up if it hasn't blown away um and if it's a bottle it has to go in a different place and if it's a can it has to go to, you know what i mean it's like there's no kind of consistency it seems to me you're absolutely right. We should have had a national uh, policy from, from the off. But uh, the, the, the bins are all different colours, all mean different things. Uh, no wonder people get it wrong and, and, and it's, uh, it's stalling. In fact, recycling is, is flatlining at the moment at about 44%. Right. Uh, and the government wants to improve that and good on them. No, indeed. The trouble for me, though, is, is how much money are we spending on it? Is it working in the sense that, yes, of course we have to do it, but do we have to do as much of it as we do? Uh, and do we have to do it in the way that we do? Because I seem to remember as well, reading a story maybe last year, that China, which used to take all of our cardboard and repackage it all and sort of recycle the cardboard, which they then pay for, um, they're not taking it anymore. No, they used to say plastic as well, and yeah. that's a big problem because we don't have the facilities in the UK to recycle it or deal with it. And, mm. and that, that's suddenly um, come up on the government's radar, and I think it's partly a reaction to that that's led them to just bring this policy out. Right. Now, for example, again, to, so I'm, I'm just going to talk about my own experience because it's the only one I really know about, obviously. Um, <laughs> I've got um, suddenly a, a waste food bin has suddenly appeared in my square. 
Um, uh-huh. And there's one in every square in which, um, you know, I live in the little neighborhood where I live. And it's just one sort of brown wheelie bin, basically. Um, nobody's been given any instructions on what to do with it. I haven't opened it for fear of what's inside it. Um, I walk past it every day wondering how long before somebody walks off with it or I find that it's somebody's knocked it over or fox has knocked it. I mean, we have foxes like you wouldn't believe. Mm. And I just worry that, uh, you know, this is not going to be a very good plan. Well, uh, certainly if it's an ordinary wheelie bin, uh, once, they're out, once they're knocked over, the, the, the lid falls open. Yeah. And yes, foxes will come from all quarters. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, where you have one per property, uh, they seem to have a locking lid, as far as I know. So that's a bit uh, more secure. Yeah. And they this, are... is, this is very much a communal situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, something's got to be done about that. That's got to be thought through very carefully, because otherwise you're going to make the, the situation worse, aren't mm. you? Well, I think uh, so. I mean, I've got a note here. I've got this tweet from Phil uh, who says, we've got a food bin in Ashford. Uh, it does smell and sweat in the summer. It constantly needs washing out. The worst is when you have a barbecue, Christmas, etc. with lots of people. The bin gets full very quickly. Uh, you have to store, I've had to store it in the shed and then take it to the dump myself. Well, I believe that the report, uh, the government strategy, says that these things should be collected weekly. And, of course, in the summer, that's absolutely essential, mm. uh, and probably for the rest of the year as well. Right. So if that works, then that will reduce the problem to some extent. Yeah. I mean, what is the thinking behind it? Because, I mean, I remember growing up um, in North London. We had a garden. There was a compost heap at the bottom of the garden. Um, and it was a sort of, a, again, it was a block of flats type situation. And everybody kind of went and put stuff on the compost heap. It seemed to work quite well. I never really knew what happened to the compost. But, you know, it's not really practical if you live in a very urban situation without a garden to be collecting compost, is it? No, it's not. Uh, And the other thing, of course, is that food waste isn't necessarily all compostable. Uh, If it's vegetable, that's fine. Mm. Um, But if it's got meat and and things like that in it, uh, then it doesn't compost very well and it's very attractive to things like rats and foxes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I'm sort of sitting at home, I generally speaking um, was taught at a very early age to to not leave anything on my plate. So I don't really have an awful lot of food waste except Mm -hmm. for the stuff that I'm cooking, you know. Um, So chopping off the ends of carrots and stuff like that, potato peelings and all those kind of things. Um, You know, but but there'll be some people who do leave quite a lot of food behind, scraping stuff into a bin and then putting all that in the the waste, won't they? Well, if it goes into the waste, uh, the the problem is it goes to landfill and it creates methane, which is greenhouse gas and uh, uh, and all that sort of thing, which is... And that's why the government's trying to get round that, by getting people to separate it off into a separate uh, container for, for food waste. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, what if you're eating... I mean, I don't want to get too specific here, but I mean, what if you're eating, say, I don't know, proce- a processed piece of food, like a sausage roll or a pork pie, and you put that in there? Is that, you know, you're going to put that in the food waste? You're going to put that along with the pasta that you didn't eat or along with the soup that you didn't finish or, you know, the mince pies? I mean, it just, it, it just conjures up this horrible image for me. Well, yes, yes. I suppose the answer is, well, why did you buy so much if you can't eat it all? But... Uh... Well, see, now, now, you, now you start to bully me. You know, this well, is the point. I mean, people, I mean, if that's the point, and this is where I'm very glad you said that, Anthony, because if the point of this is to make people buy less food, then why don't they just say that? Uh, no, the, the point is to uh, create less waste. And if. Yeah, uh, but by, by buying less food, presumably, you create less waste, don't you? Yes, yes. But let's look at it the other way. Um, if we look at it from the point of view of plastics and things like that. Yeah. Uh, we can look at recycling plastic or we can bully the manufacturers, if you want to call it bullying, mm. and say, look, uh, we're going to charge you if you produce plastics which cannot be recycled, yeah. if you use too much plastic, if you produce uh, goods, machines, appliances, whatever, that have got a short life and have to go into recycling after a very short time. Uh, if we can choke off the production of plastic or of unnecessary plastic, mm. 
then that will solve the recycling or ease the recycling issue to some extent. It will. I was reading a while back as well about a new enzyme that had been developed in some laboratory somewhere which actually eats plastic, um, which would be tremendous for, for what the problem we have in the seas, you know, the, 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 the plastic sort of country the size yeah. of France that floats around in the Pacific. And yeah. I'd like to see more money, and I think most people would like to see more money spent on stuff like that. We appreciate that, you know, there's no point in putting more plastic in the seas, but an awful lot of it does not come from here, does it? An awful lot of it uh, comes from other countries around the world who are not quite as good at recycling as we are. Well, you're quite right. But sadly, since China stopped accepting our waste, I'm afraid some councils have been forced to sending their waste overseas to those countries which have a lower standard. So some yeah. of it might be ours. So where is it, where is it going then? And what, what happens to it when it gets there? Because people want to know this stuff. Well, it, it depends. Uh, I think uh, you get... Um, probably child labour, picking it apart, sorting it out. Mm. Um, some of it can go for recycling, but I don't they're very concerned about the, what happens to see, what that's, can't be that's my, that's my worry, Anthony. I think a lot of people's worry is that, you know, it's, it's all very well we, us being very virtuous and, and separating all our plastic up from our bottles and uh, all of our cans separated up from our paper and our cardboard and our food. But then you send it all off to some country where, um, you know, it means nothing to them uh, to just chuck it into a river, and mm. that's where it ends up. Yeah. Well, so what's the uh, if point? you read the report the government's just repo- uh, pr- published, it says we're going to lead the world. So let's hope they'll put... Yeah, well, yeah, we're also going, going to leave the European Union at some point if they can ever stop <laughs> arguing about it. You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, I, I'm sorry, I don't believe a word they say. <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm but, sorry but... to be so cynical, Anthony. It's just that, you know, we do spend an awful lot of our time, and, and quite rightly, thinking about climate change and thinking about the environment and trying to make the world a better place to live. But unfortunately, not everybody's as virtuous as we are. No, no, I know. But um, we have to bang on. I mean, that's why I do my weekly podcast. I bang on about the fact that we have got these problems Mm. and something must be done. I hope there's somebody out there listening and eventually somebody in power will actually do something. Oh, listen, well, the the, the difference in in, in what we do and our behaviours between now and, say, 20 years ago is immense. And and it's down to people like you, I'm sure, uh, who have fought the good fight and all of that. However, I think like everything in life, there is a tipping point. And I think once you start asking people to, to, to separate up their food waste as well as everything else, some people are just going to go, I'm not, just not going to bother. Honestly, I'm just not going to bother. Well, apparently 100% of people in Wales have got these uh, food containers. Uh, now, I don't know that that means that 100% of people uh, actually fill them and don't ever put it into landfill. But um, uh, if it doesn't work, then um, why are they still doing it? Well, because people have a certain amount of uh, reticence, I suppose, to change. If somebody puts a bin... I mean, for example, I mean, it's like me. I have not seen anyone putting anything into the bin that's in my square. And that, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean nobody's using it, but it means that maybe a lot of people like me are literally wondering what it's there for, having not been told what to put in it, having never seen any kind of literature about it, and wondering whether it's just going to be taken away one day and never, never seen again. Well, that's obviously not been handled very well at all by the powers that be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's scope for improvement there. Now the other the, the other aspect of of, uh, of this plan, uh, I know there are many aspects of it, is mm-hmm. is the possibility of the return um, of a bottle, a returnable deposit on bottles and cans and disposable cups. Is that something that that you can see working? Uh, I think it will. Have you heard about the reverse vending machine? 
The reverse vending machine. I have heard about that, yeah. Yeah. Well, some supermarkets, not very many at the moment, have got these machines, and you put your bottle, and it can be a plastic bottle or a glass bottle, or yeah. it can be an aluminium can. You put it in, and it's sorted out in the back of the machine, already for recycling, and you get uh, you get a voucher out. It's not for very much, or you can uh, donate it to charity. But yeah. uh, I think that's, that will encourage people... Um, you see it at, you see things like that very widely um, at supermarkets on the continent. I mean, um, I used so to. I, not, I mean, yeah. in, in New York, when I used to live there, we used yeah. to have the, the the tramps used to walk up and down the streets pushing trolleys full of cans that they yeah. would pick up and then take back to a shop and get money and buy food with it. Yeah, well, but I mean, it's not exactly what you would call modern thinking, is it? No, no, we uh, you know subsidising the homeless, hey. Everything used to have a deposit on it once, didn't it? Well, it did, yeah. I'm old enough to remember when I was a kid that you had a deposit on bottles and things like that. But I think as a result, I didn't buy very often. Oh, right. Because it was too expensive. Well, I was a child, you know. Yeah, but you get your money back. Yeah, but you have to get the money together in the first place, is my oh, point. Well, so yeah. it makes it more expensive. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I mean, all I'm saying is when when all of this comes down to it, it's basically a money-raising exercise, isn't it? People are getting um, rich on this. Well, I'm not sure that they will. I'm not sure that they will. Well, the people, the, the people, the guys, whoever invented wheelie bins is may, is now probably living in, a, in an island somewhere in the uh, uh, in in the sort of uh, in, the, in the South Pacific on uh, their own, he, having bought I, it with the profits. I think he lives in Leeds, actually. I know him. Does he? <laughs> well, he's a very splendid man because he he started something which nobody knew we needed, and now everybody's got at least three. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's quite a good business. Same, I'm presuming, for the food uh, recycling guys. I mean, if they're going to have to, you were saying yourself, you have to find somebody to manufacture uh, mm-hmm. all of the recycling receptacles. Yeah. Somebody's going to get very wealthy making those. Yeah, OK, but it's a public service. People get get uh, wealthy supplying the NHS, don't they? But that doesn't mean we don't well, that's need another it and they shouldn't do it. There's another racket. But no, but what I mean is, it's sort of, it's, it's people are profiteering out of this. But all we're getting out of it is that we're told we're eating too much, you're buying too much, your packaging is no good. You know, we're the bad guys. I don't think we're the bad guys. I think we're caught up in uh, in a system which is um, not as good as it should be. So the bad guys are not so much the consumer. The consumer buys what it's given. Yeah. We've got to go back to the uh, back up the supply chain to the manufacturers, and we've got to say to them. You know, give us our products, but don't give them in, in, in plastic wrapping that we have to throw away. Don't give us in things which we can't recycle. No, true. But, I mean, they're struggling already, aren't they, the high street companies in this country? They're going bust hand over fist, and you're going to put more financial pressure on them, probably. Well, no, I think the pressure goes up stage back behind that. It's the people who actually produce the merchandise, which ends up in, in the high street sector. Yeah. Well, some of them are the same thing, aren't they, I suppose? Hmm... Yeah, maybe. Anyway, listen, here's the thing, Anthony. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you telling us uh, what you think is good. However, you more or less admitted that all of the stuff that we buy and we then recycle ends up in a dump somewhere in the developing world. No, 44% of it at the moment gets recycled in this country. Uh-huh. Uh, they're aiming, the government is aiming that 70% should be recycled by 2030. Somebody, some people would say that's not nearly enough. Right. Um, no, it's not as black as you paint it, but there's room for improvement, certainly. Yeah, so what actually happens then physically to something that gets recycled in this country? Well, it give depends me, what d- it is. Well, well give me, take, you, pick, you pick an example and, and, and talk me through the process. Well, if you take glass, for example... Yeah. Um, Ideally, glass is sorted so you've got clear glass separate from brown and green. Yeah. Um, and then it's not, though, uh, is it? basically, it's it's crushed and broken into little fragments called mm. cullet, and then yeah. that goes in to the glass making process. It's mixed up with uh, um, uh, the the materials that they use um, for making glass, 
and um, it comes back to you as a bottle or something. Right. Or I think the darker ones are used in things like uh, road surfacing and things like that. Yes, I've seen that actually. That now that is clever. I'm very. I'm yeah. all. I'm all for innovation. You see, I'm yeah. all for things that work, and I'm all for people with clever ideas. But I can tell you one last thing, Anthony. I don't want you to think that I've got a big downer on on you and your uh, podcast or your uh, your representations here. However, I remember seeing them empty a bottle bank in Scotland where I used to live, and they had those three holes, you know, brown, clear, and green. Yeah. And they picked it up, tipped the whole lot into the back of a skip, and mixed it all up. Well, they're probably going to go and make road surfacing then. Well, maybe. But so why bother having the three separate holes? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Anthony, listen, appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed. Anthony Day, a presenter of the Sustainable Futures Report podcast. I can tell he's getting a bit exasperated with me there, uh, but I was trying hard not to be rude. I don't want to be rude to people, but I'm sorry. If half of the stuff that you're recycling isn't being recycled, then it's a massive failure, isn't it? This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, 03444991000. Coming up, uh, we're going to be doing a great many things. Of course, we're here uh, until one o'clock. We're going to be talking about snoring as well, by the way. Apparently, uh, it might be bad for your brain uh, if you snore. Jennifer says this, I've seen at least two videos showing turning plastic bags into different things. One showed a man cramming a machine with plastic bags, which became fuel. Another turned plastic bottles, etc., into pellets and then into oil. Uh, here's one from Alex, who says it's almost as though recycling is now like global warming. Oh, sorry, I mean climate change which is a billion if not trillion dollar business and i'm still waiting for the acid rain they promised in the 80s it was meant to hit in the last decade and uh, here's one from jim who says just on food waste iceland the shop contributes to the problem by selling only massive bags of carrots sprouts and numerous other items in large amounts which invariably means stuff goes off if you're not eating carrots for instance every single day well that's true they do sell things in ridiculously high quantity don't they let's talk to matt who's in western super mayor hello matt Hi, good morning, Mike. Morning. How are you doing? Very well, sir. What do you want to tell us? Um, yeah, on, on these uh, these food wasting, mm. um, we've been doing it in North Somerset, Western Supermare, for at least a couple of years. What, and what, the food? I, yeah, the food. Right. The food. And, and I really don't see that, that there's a problem. The, the actual design of the bin, yeah. when you when you pull the, the handle down, it locks the lid. Um so and what sort of really and what sort safe. of bin? What sort of bin is it though? Is it big, small? What? Tell me, you should describe no, it. No, no, it's 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 uh, I, I guess it's a small bin. It's not massive. It's it doesn't take up loads of space. Um, we live directly behind a really large wooded area, so there's uh-huh. loads of wildlife around us. I see foxes, right. badgers, rats, all that kind of stuff all the time. No, they're all they're all coming it, for the food, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> but they're not. They're, Thing. Right. That's the thing. Not not once since since uh, Western introduced it yeah. have I had food on my drive. Okay. And does your is the bin sit outside the house or inside? Because some of them are saying they want you to have a place inside where you keep it, and then you take it outside sort of once a week. Yeah. No. So we've got a, a smaller uh, little caddy inside the house right. with the compostable bags inside that. Okay. Um, and the the cleaners empty the, the bags into the larger bin a couple of times a week yeah. and it gets collected uh, on a weekly basis and there really is not a problem with it. But, um, but don't you see the irony as well of using a plastic bag to recycle food waste? 
Yeah, but it's a compostable bag, so that that recycles automatically oh, anyway. Oh, I see. Okay, it, right. It, but doesn't great. it smell a bit though in the summer? Uh, genuinely, uh, uh, sometimes when it's really, really hot, um, uh, the the smaller bin inside the house it can smell a little bit. Yeah. But because I mean, if I've got if I've got a bin in the house, I mean, sometimes in the summertime, right, when it was really really hot, my flat gets very hot in London. Okay, my bin yeah. actually at one point I thought it was on fire because it was so warm. Yeah. Right, I put yeah. my hand against it, and, and it's a, you know it's one of those you know swing top bin things, right? And it felt like it was really really hot, and I looked in it, and it was just because of the fact that it's enclosed that it generated all this heat, and I couldn't keep anything in there for very long because it got very stinky. Yeah, it's, it's not perfect, for sure. Right. Uh, um, and, and I agree with you. If stuff is not being recycled, yeah. you know, the councils, everybody's always going, you know, I'm not an eco-warrior. Right. I'm just a normal guy, and I'm quite happy to, to recycle. But if it's not being recycled, what what's the bloody point? But well, exactly. food waste... But do, you, do you know where the food waste is going, though, Matt? Yeah, the food waste is... Um, turned into fertilisers and stuff like that, which which is a good thing. Well, it is, yeah. But how do you know that's happening? Um, it, it, the, the 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 council um, has uh, sent out leaflets and all kind of stuff, so we know that that's what's happening with the food waste. Okay, well, you know because they're telling you basically, but yeah. they're not going to tell yeah. you that. By the way, we just take it offshore and dump it in the sea. Because, you know, they might be doing that as well. We don't know, for example. I didn't know until I spoke to that guest we just had on, uh, Anthony Day, that more than half of the stuff we recycle in this country ends up uh, in a developing country, basically, uh, being used as rubbish. Yeah, and, and, and that's bang out of that, that really is. It's bang out of order. And like I said, it's not, it's not perfect, but it's better than the alternative and sticking it all in landfills, surely. Well, I don't know what's better than... The, I mean, it just seems to me that it's a very expensive process. I mean, they've got to employ people to come and collect the bins, right? They've got to buy the the, the, the receptacles for which you presumably got for nothing. They've got to spend money transporting it, right? They're, they're putting out all sorts of um, emissions as a result of that. I'm just not sure about the efficacy of it all, that's all. Yeah, well, you know, you, you may be right, but um, like I said, we've been doing it for a few years. We have no problems with uh, animals, with the wildlife around the area. The bins are designed well, and fundamentally, I think it's a good idea. Okay. Well, listen, you're very persuasive, Matt. Thanks for your call. Independent Republic of Mike Graham, you know what to do. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, uh, we've got another uh, national disaster on our hands. Apparently, uh, the new Yorkshire tea eco tea bag, uh, because it's supposed to be good for the environment, right, uh, is ruining everybody's tea because it keeps falling apart. It's a biodegradable sachet, apparently, and it doesn't work, basically. We're going to talk to Grant Harold, former Royal Butler, about what to do if your tea bag uh, it disintegrates because it must be very embarrassing, particularly if you're in company. 0344 Susan is in Wolverhampton, though. Uh, hello, Susan. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. Good. What do you want to tell us? A uh, few things. First of all, Wolverhampton just got rid of their food bins. Have they? We used to have them every every other week, in a little bin, 
and we had a recycle bin, a green bin, and a, a black waste where right. it's non-recyclable. They've now got rid of all of them, and now we have an alternate bin um, for recycling and for waste you can't recycle. Right. One so so how many bins have you got, Susan, altogether? We've gone from four to two. Right, OK. And did they say why they did that? Costs. So too it's expensive. Not, See, I, th- I think that's the problem. It's very expensive doing all this, isn't it? Yeah. And that, so they we do that. So then they're not going to restart that up now under the government thing. The other thing was um, the compost bins. You can't put cooked food on the compost bin. It attacks rats. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So so the compost food, should only should only really be sort of vegetable cuttings and stuff like that. Yeah, because the, otherwise you'll get rats in it. Yeah. And then I did write to Mr. Garve about this about a year and a half ago when mm. he became environment secretary. Newcastle Council send their indestructible, unrecyclable waste to Sweden. Do they? Because they've got such a state-of-the-art incinerator there right. that they use it to generate electricity. Yeah. But it's virtually no emissions come from it. Right. Now, well, we've you know, got... that's a good thing, because, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all in favour of doing this stuff, as long as it's, there's a point to it. There's, a, there's an incinerator in South London here, uh, which is um, completely and utterly enclosed. You know, it crea- yeah. I think it creates... As you burn, it, it it makes gas or something, so that you can yeah. power something something else with it, which is great. Yeah. Well, we're, Newcastle Council paid to have their 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 waste sent them because the Swedes have used all theirs up. Right. That's amazing, isn't it? So, I mean, did you actually re- used to recycle the food then? Yeah. You did it yourself. So, like so, you said, so when you say, for, so if you can't use much. meat, right? So, say you've got some spaghetti bolognese or something that nobody's finished. What do you do with that? Do you put the pasta separately and put that in the recycling food bin and then put the meat in the normal bin? No. Uh, it never happens in our house, to be honest, Mike. Really? There was very little food waste. OK. All right. Um, eating also, trying to um, work it out properly so we didn't have any. Right. You know, because... Uh, so there was only bits and bobs. But they, could, they just said we could put any cooked food in that bin and they would send it to an incinerator. Right. So that's what they told so them. That's crazy, isn't it? What's the yeah. point? Madness. But that same thing, about, I saw that thing about the incinerator on a, on a, a documentary oh, yeah. about Newcastle Council. Right. And what they were saying was, if you take a, your average plastic bottle, say a Coke bottle, um, it's got three different types of plastic on it. Yeah. It's the plastic it's made of, the plastic cap is different, it's a different type of plastic, and that shrink-wrapped thing that they get round to with the details of the item on it of three different types of plastic, and some of it's recyclable, so some of it isn't. So what they were saying was the cap and the the outside sheath you, was weren't recyclable. Right. So you have to take those off and put them in the normal bin, and then the bottle was. Well, the manufacturers aren't making it easy. They should be. It should be all recyclable. No, it should be. But this is the point. It's un, it's it's unclear. Nobody really knows what to do. Yeah. And most of the time, it's not actually being recycled anyway. Yeah. And the other thing was, these people like Amazon and Costa Coffees. Yeah. They are the people who should be paying, because they are generating so much rubbish. Yeah. Then it's just unbelievable, and then they get away with not paying the taxes. Yeah. I know, it's so shocking. We're not taxing on that. It's shocking. You're absolutely, Susan. You're absolutely right. That is a great point. Very, very well made as well. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uh, we've got to move on though because we've got loads going on. Uh, Henry says, when I was an agency HGV driver, I had a three-week stint on the bin lorries, and at the end of the round, it all went into the same incinerator hole, regardless if it'd been green uh, or a household round. 
You see, I've got uh, I've got to say, I just don't believe these councillors are doing the job properly. Let's talk to Grant Harold, though. He is, of course, the former royal butler because a terribly depressing and upsetting story for anyone who likes to drink tea uh, is that the new eco-friendly biodegradable Yorkshire tea bags actually don't work. Grant, very good morning to you. Good morning, sir. I'm, I'm sitting here with my bag of smelling salts in complete <laughs> panic. I mean, I'm, I mean, can you imagine anything worse than oh. serving up some tea to a member of the royal family only to discover oh. that the bag has burst in the pot? I, I, don't even, I couldn't even begin to imagine. I mean, we all think we're, we've got problems in Britain at the moment. Well, yeah. this, I'm sorry, this, this tops it. I know, this is a, this I know. Is a Forget about it. Never mind Brexit. You exactly. Know, this, is, exactly. this is absolutely horrendous news. <laughs> now, now, I don't know whether you've tried these biodegradable uh, tea bags, have you? Uh, no. <laughs> Quite right, They too. sound lovely, but I haven't. Now, the last time you and I spoke about tea, I seem to recall you telling me that you had one of those rather nice sort of diffusers. I do. That you well, put, put tea leaves in it uh, and put that in the water instead. Well, I've, I've kind of upgraded a bit. I've got a tea strainer. Ah. I've got a very smart tea strainer that, that I use, and I, uh, I like my loose tea. Yes. Um, I'm not saying that I don't have tea bags, because some people come to the house and they'll say, actually, can I have a tea bag? So, of course, uh, I've got some, some tea bags mm. if anybody really wants the tea bag. But can you imagine saving up the tea bag and then suddenly it breaks apart in the cup? Well, I, I think I'd be so embarrassed. I'd, it's, I'd have to leave. You'd, you'd have to just leave the country, wouldn't you? You'd literally, literally uh, get uh, the next yes. plane out of town. Yes. But, I mean, are you one of those people that has... Ever put tea bags into a teapot? Yes, I have. have you? I, I put, uh, yes, that's. I see. That surprises me. The, the, what I don't like, do, but I take them back out. I don't leave them in. Ah. Uh, so as I, as I said, you get a dunk. Okay. They're in for a couple of minutes and right. then straight back out. Right. Ideally, tea leaves are my, my preferred option. But some people, again, they prefer tea bags. They'll even bring tea bags to my home and say, this is the ones that we like to have. Yeah. So that's fine. In the teapot, they'll go a couple of minutes out the teapot because otherwise they'll stew. Um, but what people don't realise is that the, the actual tea bag, it was actually the, the invention of the tea bag. It was so that it could be transported from the States around the world. Oh, yeah. And when it came over here, us Brits, we thought, this is great. You know, this is brilliant. It's not packaging. You just put the whole thing in the in the cup. And that's where the, the tea bag was born. I see. Um, but, well, what idiot came up with the idea of making it biodegradable then? Because it clearly doesn't work. Well, I don't know. And I, and I was obviously reading about this, and it's a little bit kind of worrying, you know, when you kind of hear the kind of disaster stories. And I feel so sorry for so many people across the country that are serving up their teas as we speak, and suddenly they've got the... God knows at the, the bottom of the cup, you know, yeah. obviously the remains of everything is still there. Oh. Uh, I see it's just highly embarrassing. So the only option is to go back to, to loose tea. Yes, because, I mean, regardless of, of how good or otherwise the tea bag actually is, generally speaking, the tea inside a tea bag is not as good as loose tea, no. is it? No, it's it's, the, it's, like dust, it's, it's very it? much the kind of dredge, if you like. It's just what's kind of left over that you get. So that's why it's better just to go that little bit, you know, just got that little bit and just get the tea leaves. And yes. then also at the end of it, if you want, you can even read the tea leaves. So add yeah. to all the joy of having afternoon tea. Well, do you know, I don't want to show off, but I used to work in a tea room uh, making oh, tea. Okay. And uh, one of the great tricks that I learned there was that if you um, stir the tea leaves inside the pot once they've been in there for a little while, yes. not too vigorously, just a sort mm. of gentle stir, close the tea teapot lid... And then very gently with your silver spoon or whatever kind of spoon mm. you've got, tap, the, tap the side of the teapot, right? And all mm. the tea leaves will fall to the bottom of the pot. Love it. I've and, never heard and, of that. And then when you pour it, you can actually not even use a tea, a tea strainer. Because oh, well, I, bet I love the tea strainer. You know, yes. I, I, like, I like the tea ceremony. I like using the fine bone china. Uh -huh. I like my tea strainers, my sugar tongs, sugar cubes. I do the full wax. Okay. And is your preferred tea of choice, um, I think I've asked you this before, it's not Earl Grey, is it? Is it English breakfast? Actually, no, Earl Grey is my, is my favourite. If, if I ever go anywhere, it's not my Earl Grey. And I've also discovered something called jasmine pearls. Oh, yes. 
Very which nice. I, I really enjoy, especially last thing at night. Jasmine tea is beautiful. Very, very, very really uh, medicinal. And very good for you as well. It is. And it will calm everyone down with this crisis that we're having as well. Yeah, I mean, it really is a massive crisis. But thank you, Grant, for trying to help us through it. Grant Harold there, <laughs> uh, the former Royal Butler, the man who knows all there is to know uh, about making tea. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. 